What's up, everybody? How we doing tonight? Good. It's good to be with you guys. You guys are looking good. Do we have any first-time guests here tonight? Any first-time guests? Awesome. We are so thankful that you are here checking us out. You're our honored guest, and we just want to say thank you for being here. My name is Connor, and I work in the Young Adults Department, and I work with the volunteers, and it's such an honor and such a privilege for me to get to share the stage with Doug and with Jess. They do such an amazing job every week, so can we give them a quick round of applause before we get started? Awesome. I just have a quick random question. This has nothing to do with anything, but I'm just curious. Who here set a New Year's resolution? Be honest. Who here is, is willing to admit that they've already fallen off the boat on their New Year's resolution? Awesome. <laughs> that literally had nothing to do with anything. I was just curious. Um, so we kicked off 2016 with a series entitled Sweet 16, and it's all about how 2016 is going to be the greatest year you've ever experienced. And when I was asked to uh, speak in this series, I was stoked. I was so pumped because new year, new message, encouraging. I was just ready to like pump you guys up and be like, this is going to be your year, and you're going to conquer every mountain you go to. And so I was praying about it. And I was like, God, what is, what's the message that you want me to give to my friends, to my peers? Uh, what, what do you want me to say for you tonight? And I got this phrase um, that he kind of dropped in my heart. And, it's, and he said, stand well in the wilderness. And if I'm being honest, I was like, oh, crap. Like, that doesn't sound like a pump-up message. But if I'm being honest, the more I started to kind of reflect and look over my 2015 and look over sort of different periods in my life, I realized that breakthrough came right on the other side of the wilderness. And God took me through a lot of seasons of the wilderness to get me to a place of breakthrough. And so I think if 2016 is going to be one of the greatest years we've ever experienced, we have to come to terms with the fact that this year we will be faced with wilderness seasons. It's not a matter of if we are, we will be. But the thing is, will you be able to stand and stand well during those seasons. Um, so the title of my message tonight is Standing Well in the Wilderness. And I kind of subtitled it, and I didn't tell them back there, but uh, Follow the Fire. Standing well in the, wilder standing well in the wilderness, follow the fire. So let's pray real quick, and then we'll kind of get into it. God, we love you so much. We thank you. It's an honor to be here, to be gathered with friends and with family. Um, we're expecting you to show up tonight. We're expecting to hear a word from you tonight, and we know that you're good, and you love us with such a crazy love we cannot comprehend. I pray your Holy Spirit would make deposits in people's life tonight, and I pray that we could hear from you and that you would be more glorified. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. How many people have ever felt fatigue from standing? Anybody ever felt fatigued from saying, has anybody like worked a job where you're on your feet all day or maybe you're at an amusement park or something and you stand in line for three hours for like two minutes of relief and you get home and either that night or the next day you're like, man, my feet sore, my legs are sore, my thighs are sore. Like how did that happen? Uh, standing can be difficult. Like standing can be kind of hard. And uh, for example, from elementary school through middle school, I was in chorus um, I think they got a picture of me up in chorus. That's me, looking good. Got my bow tie, I'm ready to sing. 
Um, no, but that's me, that's me in chorus. And all throughout middle school, I was in middle school choir. And they kind of blended every grade. There was sixth, seventh, and eighth all in the same choir. And we were, every year we'd kind of put on our end of the year performance for our parents. And one of my best friends was in choir with me. And we were both seventh graders. And there was a girl that he had a crush on that was in eighth grade. And when you're a seventh grader, an eighth grader is like a full grown adult like to you. And I was just like, man, you got to let that go. Like, that is a grown woman you're going after. <laughs> like, just be satisfied with a, uh, with a seventh grader. But no, he was like in love with this eighth grader. And so he was like nervous but excited because he got to spend a lot of time with her over like the week before our, before our performance during all the rehearsals. And so we were rehearsing our final night. It was literally like an hour or two before our parents arrived. And... We were all dressed up. We were kind of standing on these tier things. Like the first row was like six inches off the ground, then two feet off the ground, then four feet off the ground. And I don't know if that was to like project the sound better or just so our parents could like see all of us. But I distinctly remember I was standing center row in the middle and my friend, my friend was right here. And the girl that he liked was in the upper left-hand corner, your, your upper right-hand corner. And I remember every time we were practicing, our teacher would always say, hey, remember, don't lock your knees out. And I was like, I'm dressed up. I don't want to be here. I'll stand however I want. But she was like, don't lock your knees out. And so we are literally on like the last song practicing like an hour before our parents are there. And we just hear this like, boom. And we're like, oh my gosh. And we like turn and we look. And this girl that my friend had a crush on apparently had locked her knees out and flipped over the guardrail like to the tier and like fell like four feet and landed on the ground like passed out cold. And like an ambulance had to come and take her to the hospital. And she ended up being like perfectly fine. But the moral of the story is that sometimes standing can be a lot harder than we think. Sometimes standing can be harder than we think, and there actually is a way to stand well. And so with that transition, <laughs> with my friend's crush falling off the stage, um, we're going to read a, lot, a little bit of the Bible tonight. We're actually going to read a pretty big chunk, and we're going to start in Exodus, Exodus chapter 13. I mean, I want to set the stage really quick. Uh, the Israelites have been slaves to the Egyptians for a while. Moses goes to Pharaoh and is like, let my people go. He's like, no. Moses is like, I'm going to turn your river into blood. He's like, oh my gosh, I'll let you go. And so after like a series of plagues, that's actually how it happens. That's in the Bible. Um, no, so after a series of plagues, uh, Pharaoh's like, okay, like get out of here. I don't want this anymore. And, th and this is where we kind of see this story. And it's a lot, so bear with me, but it'll, it'll all make sense. Um, Exodus 13, verse 17, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, thus the people change their mind. When they see war, they'll return to Egypt. But God led the people around by way of the wilderness towards the Red Sea. And if you're taking notes or you're underlining or whatever, right? God led the people around by the wilderness. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you and you'll carry my bones with you from here to there. And so they moved from, and excuse my pronunciation of these places, Succoth and encamped in Etham on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. 
Exodus 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of Pi Hethroth. We're going to call that place Pi. Uh, camp in front of Pi between Midgol and the sea in front of Baal Zephon you shall camp facing it by the sea for Pharaoh will say to the people of Israel they're wandering in the land the wilderness has shut them in and I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them and I will get the glory over Pharaoh and all the hosts and all the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord and they did so. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the mind of Pharaoh and his servants was changed towards the people, and they said, What is this we have done, that we have let Israel go from us? So he made ready all of his chariots and took his army with him. He took a bunch of people and went after the Israelites. (laughs) And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and he pursued the people while the people were going out defiantly. The Egyptians pursued them, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, all of his boys, one of the best armies the world had ever seen at that time. He pursued them. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Is it because there's no graves in Egypt that you've taken us to die in the wilderness? Why'd you bring us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you, leave us alone so that we can serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, and underline this, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you'll never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only have to be silent. All right, let's take a breath for a minute, because that was a lot of scripture. (laughs) So here's kind of like what we're seeing I want to address something tonight that a lot of us go through, but sometimes it doesn't get talked about. We all go through seasons of life where we have to face difficult situations. We're all in seasons of life every once in a while where God would lead us to a place and it feels like we're in the wilderness. And normally the first question that comes to our mind when we're put in those situations is this, I thought I followed the fire. Now, this will make sense in a second, but I thought I followed the fire. And when I was reading this, it really kind of jumped out to me, and I was pretty amazed because God led Israel right to where they were. It says that God led them exactly to where they were, and he kind of wanted them to be there. He wanted them to be there. It says that in uh, chapter 13, verse 18, it said, God led the people around by way of the wilderness. So God is leading them into the wilderness. Again, we see that the Bible tells us that God led them by a pillar of fire at night and a cloud, a pillar, a cloud by day. Real, Real quick, how amazing would that be to have literal, like, there's like fire right in front of you. And you're like, man, I wonder where God's telling me where to go. I don't know. Follow the pillar of fire, like right in front of you. You'd never have to ask, like, man, do I take this job? This job? Follow the fire, okay? That'd be, that'd be incredible. But we see something else, too, and this is pretty amazing. In uh, chapter 14, verse 1 through 4, God actually has a conversation with Moses. He kind of pulls Moses aside, and he tells him everything that's about to happen. He says, hey, I'm going to rearrange your route because I want you to go by the Red Sea, and I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart, and I'm going to make him chase after you. And I know in this moment, a lot of us kind of take the opportunity to throw a theological conviction on this conversation, but I really think if we try to systematize what's happening here, we're going to miss an amazing and beautiful part of God interacting with his people. We're going to miss a very loving, tender-hearted moment with God. 
What God's saying is he's telling Moses, hey, man, I am sovereign over every situation, but he's also saying, if I lead you somewhere, even though it might not look like it's where you want to go, I'm leading you there and I'm with you. He's not just saying, hey, I know everything, and so I'm just going to impress you by telling you everything. He's saying, hey, I know what's going to happen, and I want you to know because I love you. If I lead you there, I'm going to be with you there. I'm not going to leave you alone. And I think the question that we always ask when we encounter a season of having to stand well in the wilderness is, where did I miss it? I think most of the time when we have an amazing season, if 2015 and December and Christmas and New Year was an amazing time for you, but then for some reason in the past couple of weeks, you just felt like you've been in a season where you're in the wilderness and you don't really know what's going on. Normally, the first question that pops up into our mind is, where did I miss it? Like, what, where did this season of wilderness come from? Where did I miss God? And I think if we're being honest, we have to understand that God is going to lead us. We see this here. God is going to lead us into moments where we have no idea what to do. We are going to be accurately following God. We are going to be following the fire. We're going to be following the cloud. And he is going to take us through the wilderness to the wilderness and sit us right between an ocean and an army. And I know technically it's a sea, but what does ocean and an army sounds better. So... We're going to be legitimately following God, and we're going to, he's going to place us at a point between an ocean and an army. And I think because we can't see the greater picture, we can't see that God might be preparing a blessing for us on the other side of the wilderness, or we might not be able to see that as we walk through the wilderness, God is tearing down some pride that we have in our life, or that he's ridding us of some sin. And we forget that when we arrive in the wilderness, that God was the one that led us there. And so it can allow our heart to get bitter. It can allow our heart to start questioning God. God, did you just lead me here? I'm pretty sure I followed this cloud. I'm pretty sure I followed this pillar of fire and you dumped me right in the middle of the wilderness and there's an ocean on one side of me and there's an army on the other side. The promise when God leads you into the wilderness is that he's there with you. If he led you there, he'll be there with you. And so the second thing I think we can take away from learning how to stand well in the wilderness is this. There's always a temptation before there's breakthrough. There's always going to be a temptation before there's breakthrough. So God is leading the Israelites through the wilderness to the exact spot he wants them to go. They're trapped between a very angry army, a very angry Pharaoh, and the sea. And I can only imagine like what they're thinking in their head. They're saying, okay, like a couple weeks ago, we literally just saw these crazy plagues happen. Um, a literal cloud of fire and a literal cloud of smoke is leading us around the desert, the wilderness. That's crazy. And now we're stuck in a spot where we're about to get crushed like a grape. Like, this is what they say. They say, is it because there's no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why did you bring us out here? Did we not say, leave us alone so we can serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to be slaves and then die in the wilderness. And it seems like a very practical thing that they're saying. It seems like it's a very realistic thing that they're saying, like, Oh my gosh, like, why did we leave what was familiar to us? Why did we leave what we were comfortable in? But, there, but there's a temptation there. 
And the temptation is that there's always going to be something in the way before there's breakthrough. And most of the time, that temptation is going to come from something you're extremely familiar with. So if you're taking notes, write that down. When God leads you into the wilderness, you're always going to be faced with a temptation that's pretty familiar to you. God, I felt like you called me to leave this relationship and be sexually pure, but you don't know what it's like to be lonely. And even though I know this might not be the right guy or the right girl, I know that at least for now, they'll make me feel good because I was with them before. God, you don't know what it's like to be the only single person in my friend group to continually come to weddings as the single one. And so I know you said that you have somebody set apart for me. I know that they're going to treat me with dignity. I know they're going to treat me with respect. I know they're not going to try to have sex with me before we're married. But honestly, I would like a Mr. Right now, right now, because it's hard and there's temptation there. And if I'm being honest, none of us want to be standing in a wilderness. And the temptations are extremely small and they're extremely subtle. The Bible tells us that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and I don't think he does it as obviously as we would hope sometimes. The temptation is always something you're very familiar with, and you have to remember, when God leads you to a wilderness and you face that temptation, you have to tell yourself, God led me here. He will never leave me. He is right here with me. Yeah, but I've been standing in this season. I've been holding on to this promise for like three or four years now, and I'm just waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and it would just be easier to go back. No, God led you there. He is right there with you. He will never leave you. Yeah, but all my friends got this job that I really wanted, and I was the only one that didn't get that job, and I just felt like it was an entire waste of time. No, God led you there. He is with you, and he'll never leave you. Yeah, but there's no way YA can match up in 2016 like it did in 2015 because too many crazy things happen. There's no way that we can reach as many people for Jesus. There's no way God can use us to pull as many people out of darkness into the light. No, because God led us here. He will be with us here. He will never leave us. He will be right beside of us when it feels like we're in a wilderness. And when temptation, when temptation rears its ugly head, You can stand on the promise that you followed the fire and you followed the cloud right to where you were. And breakthrough is right on the other side of your temptation. You might have a dream to follow God in some new career, but you make a lot of money doing what you're doing now. Or you know you could do something different. And so your subtle temptation might be, man, just take this job. You'll make more money and you can give it. Isn't that a good thing? You can give it. It's familiar to you. And if you're here tonight and you're in a storm and it feels like everything around you is crumbling and it feels like everything around you is just ready, just bearing down on your back and you feel like you're stuck between an ocean and an army and you've got nowhere to go and you don't know what to do, you might be exactly where God wants you to be. My final point is this, and band, you guys can come on up. You never want to walk through a door you had to force open. Or don't go to war. Stand firm and see the, see the uh, salvation of the Lord. Never walk through a door you had to force open. Don't go to war. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord. Exodus 14, 13. Uh, and Moses said to the people, fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today.
For the Egyptians who you see today, you'll never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only have to be silent. Now watch this, because it gets a little confusing here. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward, lift up your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the people of Israel will go through on dry ground. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. What? I thought this was supposed to be about standing well in the wilderness. I thought this was about to be standing firm in the wilderness. And when these people who are led by God into the wilderness cry out to God from the wilderness, he says, why are you crying to me? Go forward. And if I'm being honest, when I was studying for this, I, this kind of pushed me towards commentaries. This pushed me towards other messages people spoke. And nobody really touched on this. And I was worried. I was like, man, God, I felt like you led me to talk about standing well in the wilderness. And I felt like you directed me to this scripture. And it seems like once you've led your people to where you want them to go, you're like, why are you guys standing around? Well, I don't know, because you led me here. I, I was following the fire and it led me right here. And I was like, God, what are you trying to say? Like, what, like why is this here? Why, why did you say, why are you calling on me? And this, is, and this is a little phrase he dropped in my heart when I was praying one morning. He said they could have swam or they could have fought. They could have swam or they could have fought. And I'm like, okay. Um, but I reread the section of scripture and the Bible gives us an interesting little detail about Israel as they were leaving Egypt. And it seems very insignificant in the moment, but I believe it has such an amazing purpose to the story that God's telling through this through this verse. Exodus 13, 18, it said, and the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Now, when we read that first, we just kind of skimmed over it, but these people left equipped for battle. Israel is pinned against the Red Sea and they have an incredibly angry army bearing down on them. More than likely, they're outnumbered, they're outflanked, they don't have nearly as many weapons as they have. And God intentionally led them to this place. We read earlier, he told Moses it was going to happen. They were following this cloud. He, he redirected their route specifically to put them in between an army and the Red Sea. And they had two choices that they could have made that might not be as obvious as first. They could have swam or they could have tried to fight or they could have listened to Moses and stood firm and seen the salvation of the Lord. And I imagine I put myself in the place of an Israelite that day. And if I'm standing there with my family and my hundreds of other friends, and there's a big red sea behind me and there's Pharaoh and his crazy army in front of me, I'm Michael Phelpsing my way across the red sea, backstroking, spitting water. I'm doing anything I can to leave. And if my friends provoke me and say, don't be a coward, and somebody gives some William Wallace speech and is like, for freedom, we will fight these people and we will win. I'll probably be in the back of that line, but I'll get ready to go fight some Egyptians. And the temptation when we're in the wilderness is to kick open a door that God didn't open for us. It's to walk through an opportunity that God didn't open, that God didn't open for us. Because let's be honest, we don't like being in the wilderness. We don't like the pressure that comes with feeling like we're in the wilderness. And the other temptation that we face is we take matters into our own hands. 
and we walk through doors that weren't open for us and we try to go to war or we try to swim when Moses tells us and God tells us stand firm stand well in the wilderness and see the deliverance of the Lord and we know from reading this story multiple times what's going to happen when seasons of standing well in the wilderness come you'll be tempted to try and make your own way of escape because it's uncomfortable and you'll look for any way out and even ways that seem logical and seem good I, I moved out here to help start a church and it it crashed and burned and went up in flames and so I went home one Christmas just to regroup and spend time with my family and I went with my brother down to Liberty University because I was like man I'm just going to take a break from this I'm going to take a break from Colorado I was out there for two years I gave it a good run and I went down to Liberty and I kind of started to fill out the beginning paperwork to starting my master's and and I knew in my heart that was an escape like that was a door that God didn't open for me yet, but it was my way of trying to just squeak my way out of the wilderness. And so I prayed and I came back here and I just faced it. And God was faithful to me over and over and over and over again. But there's one thing I want you to notice uh, as the Israelites are standing here by the Red Sea and they have this opportunity to walk through a door that God didn't open for them. They have an opportunity to take matters into their hands, but I want you to notice something. And if you're going through something right now, I want you to just take encouragement from this. The cloud never moved from the Israelites. The fire never moved from the Israelites. God's saying, go forward. He's led them to this point the entire way by fire and by a cloud of smoke. And we see that when their back is against the wall and they've got nowhere else to run, God isn't ahead of them or God hasn't abandoned them. He's not doing something else in the distance. The cloud is right there in the midst of their wilderness. It's right there. And this, this brought me to two different things. God is jealous for his glory and he is jealous for your heart. I love what Moses, what God says to Moses. He says, part the sea and go. There was an option three, part two. Instead of stand still, you'll stand still and then you'll part a sea. He says, part the sea and go and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen, and this is when we see the cloud move, then the angel of God was going before the host of Israel and moved and went behind them. And the pillar and the cloud moved before them and stood behind them. He was with them the entire time. He led them there. He specifically led them there to a place where they were uncomfortable and they had no control and he was with them the entire time. Sometimes the situation you're in isn't even about your situation. Sometimes the wilderness that you're facing, the wilderness that you're in, the situation that you're in, isn't even about the situation that you're in. It is about your heart. It is about God showing himself faithful to you. So I believe what the Bible is telling us is that God will lead you. He will specifically lead you into seasons of wilderness so that he knows he will have your heart and so that he knows that when you have nothing to back up against, when you have no way to move forward, when you have no way to go left or right, he is the one that remains faithful and he will be the one that provides the way and he will part the sea in front of you and you will move forward and dry ground 
I seriously believe that if 2016 is going to be a year of breakthrough, it's going to require next level. God wants you to go next level in your relationship. He wants you to go next level in your faith. He wants you to go to next level in your serving. But if you, if you want next level in your life, you're going to need next level faith. And sometimes next level faith can only come from God leading you to a place of wilderness. But I, I assure you, I promise you that if God leads you there, He's with you there. And if you stand well in the wilderness, and if you stand well when temptation fronts its ugly head and you say, no, 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 I'm not gonna go back to what's comfortable. I'm not gonna go back to what's comfortable. God led me here. He's with me here. I'm gonna stay here. And if you don't try to open a door that he didn't open for you, and if you can take a little pressure, if you can take a little bit of the army bearing down on you, and you don't try to swim for it, breakthrough is right on the other side of your wilderness. I want everybody to stand tonight. I didn't want to come here and, and preach a message and, and, and give you something that I've never walked through. I've walked through many seasons of wilderness in life. And some can literally be 24 hours. Some can last months. Some can last years. And I promise you, I promise you, if you're not in a wilderness now, you might be. You might be soon, and if you're in a wilderness now, I just want to encourage you. And I hope this message encourages you. You might be sitting here saying, I, I felt like I followed God everywhere. I felt like I did exactly what I was supposed to do. I felt like I followed the fire, and I ended up between an army and an ocean, and, and I just didn't know what to do. Stand well in your wilderness, because God's jealous for you. He's jealous for your heart. If you would have a moment of honesty and you would say, Connor, man, I'm in a wilderness and I'm just kind of going through something right now. Would you just lift your hand? I want to pray for you. If you're like, Connor, man, I don't know. I don't know why. I felt like I was faithful. I felt like I was following God. I'm, I am sure he led me to this place, but it seems like he led me to a wilderness. And I've got temptation and I've got other things coming at me. You can put your hands down. And if you're in here tonight and you don't know this God that delivers, if you don't know the God that breaks through your wilderness and you might be saying, hey, I've got so much stuff going on. My world is crumbling around me and I don't have anybody to lean to. God's message for you tonight is that he loves you. He loves you so much that he incarnated himself. He lived the perfect sinless life, was crucified for your sin, buried. Three days later, he was raised in victory so that you can have an untainted relationship with the God who created you. And if you're in a wilderness right now and you don't have anything to lean on, but you say, hey, I want to be loved. I want to know that God's with me as I'm standing in my wilderness. I want to know that no matter how long I have to be here, He's here with me. Would you please raise your hand? I want to pray for you. If you've never met Jesus and you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life and you want Him to stand with you in your wilderness, thank you. Thank you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let's pray. God, we come before you tonight and we thank you. We know that you are strong. We know that you're faithful. We know that you are just amazing. And God, we know that there are moments and there are seasons in life where you might lead us into a place that's not comfortable. 
But God, when we have nowhere else to go, when we have nothing else to hold on to, we have you and we have more than we could ever know, more than we could ever need. And so God, if there are people in here that are going through something, they're in the middle of a wilderness and all they know how to do is stand, they might be exactly where you want them. And I pray that you would encourage them to stand well and to continue to stand. And God, I pray right now that there's somebody in here that does not know you, but they're going through a wilderness and they need you. God, would you meet them? We love you so much and we cannot wait to worship you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.